Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tectonic. My name is Mark Hurst. I'll be your host for the next hour here on WFMU, Freeform Station of the Nation, live from downtown Jersey City in the great state of New Jersey. It is my pleasure to be here, and it's my privilege that you have decided to spend some time with me here at the Magic Factory, whether it's live or in the future on a podcast or archive. Thank you for joining me. I'm really happy that you joined me for this episode because we have a very special guest. And I, I, don't, I don't get live guests that often, but a live in-studio guest, and not just anybody. The great, the one and only, the great, WFMU's own, the great Dave Mandel. Welcome to Tectonic, Dave. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure and a privilege, sir, to have you on the show. Thank you. Same. I was telling someone here at the station uh, before the show that you and I often will speak ahead of our shows because, mm-hmm. as listeners may know, you are the host of the show that follows this one. It's called It's Complicated. It's a prog rock show, and it goes from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. And so you and I are often in the record library speaking beforehand, and more often than not, we're talking about some tech news or tech book or tech interview or or tech pet peeve. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I thought recently, hey, why not share one of those conversations (laughs) with the listeners? Because it's just, it's so interesting. and And it's interesting, let me just state, because of the perspective that you bring, uh, and it's, it's, you're not simply someone who's interested in technology. People may or may not know this about you. I mean, you've been this amazing WFMU DJ for many years, um, but professionally, you have worked as a computer programmer for, what, 30 years now? About 30 years? At least. At least 30 <laughs> years. And so you, you live, I mean, you, you have a... You have a a hobby of computer programming that supports your life as a WFMU <laughs> DJ, right? right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's my sideline. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to talk with you about. As I put on the uh, on the playlist, if anybody wants to join in the live listener chat, maybe your friend friends, maybe you are fans of the great Dave Mandel. Uh, your listener to It's Complicated and, and you'd like to s- post something to Dave on a different show uh, uh, other than his own, uh, you can go to WFMU.org, click playlist and comments, or if you're listening to a podcast or archive, go to tectonic.fm, T-E-C-H, tonic.fm, and uh, find the playlist for the May 1st, 2023 show. And there are the comments that people in the past put on the playlist. But as I as I, as I wrote on the playlist for this evening's show, um, we're going to be talking about working in tech because you have worked in tech, as you said, for mm-hmm. at least 30 years. Mm-hmm. And why, I hope this doesn't g- give the game away too soon, but why, if you were starting out today, you might choose a different line of work. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll get to. Mm-hmm. We'll get to. I just want to establish... Uh, who did, did I get the details right, or did you want to add anything, any other color or context? I would say that's accurate. <laughs> All right. So I, don't, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to, to beat that particular horse, but, but yes, if you ask me today, it would be, uh, it would be hard. 
starting out in that particular business, yeah. Speaking of the comment board, our very own Evan Funk Davies says to me, not sure how you snagged this guest, but well done. <laughs> yeah, well. It was a tough get, Ian. I think it was some, it was, uh, some money uh, slipped <laughs> onto the table, but yeah, we sure. shouldn't really talk Listen, about that. Listen, I need a celebrity, Dave, and you, you are he. <laughs> um, before we dive into working in tech, I wanted to say something else about I, I, I wanted to tell a story from my recent life that may inform our conversation about tech and working in tech and the effects of tech and especially how it's changed over the last, let's say, 30 years. Um, because I am in a different mental state than I usually am uh, for the show in that I have been traveling and and travel by itself doesn't alter my state. It was just my experiences of this particular travel jag in which I tried to return home yesterday uh, from a trip uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. And I've been to Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I take, uh, there's, I've, I've been down there a number of times over the years and the return trip is generally very easy. It's a direct flight. And what could be easier, Dave? You it's, go. It's not that far. You, go, <laughs> you get on the plane, and it's a direct flight from Jacksonville to LaGuardia. For listeners outside the New York area, LaGuardia is one of the main three airports in New York City. And so it goes from Jacksonville to LaGuardia. It's not even two hours in the air, and you're done. And then you go home, and then the next day I would come here for, for the radio show. Yesterday was a little bit different. Now, I will say that there was a giant storm. I mean, a, 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 a network of storms. Mm. I mean, a super storm. I don't even know what this thing was it called. It was pouring here yesterday. It's it true. was. I looked at the, the weather radar, and it was from Florida all the way up to Maine and all the way over to Chicago was this one giant. I mean, it was raining everywhere. And there were tornadoes in some places, and there were floods in some places. So this is a major storm. So you, you're going to expect there are going to be some delays, mm -hmm. if not cancellations. And, and I did have some delays there. But there were some other things that happened. So we get, I'm going to try to go through these, these, these steps of this evolution rather quickly so we can get to the point, which is how technology has changed uh, air travel and maybe more broadly um, s some of the changes that you've seen as a programmer, Dave. So we, we get on this plane in, in, in Jacksonville yesterday morning. It's going to be very straightforward, direct flight. I understand there's some rain. There, there could be a delay or whatever. And we get all the way out to the tarmac, and we're waiting and waiting and waiting on the tarmac. And, and it's, it's fine. It's a delay. No big deal. But then finally, after this long delay, the pilot comes on and says, as though he was surprised to discover this. Oh, by the way, we just discovered that we don't have a weather radar working on this plane. <laughs> so we're going to need to go back to the gate and take everybody off of the plane. We're going to have to deplane and get maintenance on to look at this weather radar. Ah, oh, everyone says, ah, okay, okay. So we go back to the gate. Everybody gets off. the. Then they bring the maintenance on. And then... Uh, they say, uh, okay, well, now we have, a, uh, we have an issue because there's no other plane in Jacksonville. <laughs> so what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to fly this plane, mm -hmm. this defective plane, mm -hmm. up to... My favorite, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, love it, love it. No radar, great, let's get back yeah. on board. And we're going to fly it to Atlanta, 
Mm-hmm. And and Atlanta is this hub for Delta. This whole thing was Delta. Mm-hmm. So it's a hub for Delta. They're going to have more planes. Maybe one has a working weather radar. We don't know. So we go. To, then we get back on the plane. And we finally, delay, delay. We finally take off and we go to Atlanta. We land. Fine. And then they say, um, good news. Th- the plane is here and it's got a working radar. Everybody get on the new plane right away and we're going to get you up to LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. We get on the new plane, mm-hmm. go out to the tarmac, wait, 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 wait. And then they say, oh, actually, we don't have a flight time. There's something with a storm. We're going to have to go back to the gate and deplane. <laughs> so we go back and deplane. <laughs> and then there's a wait because we got to wait for a new flight time. So we wait like three more hours. Now it's getting, to, it's like dinner time now. Yeah. So you go get dinner. Okay. I mean, you understand there's a storm, but people are a little bit, a little bit irritated, but yeah. people are behaving pretty well. We get back on the plane, and we go back out onto the tarmac, wait, 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 and then... <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what's coming. The pilot comes back on, and he says, um, well, there's a little issue because um, I got th- three different counts of the bags in the hold. And I have to know how many bags are down there before we can take off because it has to do with weight distribution or something. Huh. And so we're going to need to go back to the gate. And go. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. I, I've never heard that in my life. And, and he's kind of throwing shade a little bit on the, on the gate crew. Like yeah. these guys, they gave me – actually, it was, it was th- I think it was three or four different – it was four. Four different counts of the bags. <laughs> And the, Im- the implication being, you think these guys could count the bags, yeah. but everyone's kind of getting irritated at the pilot. Like, hey, why? why, why yeah, we're, yeah. This, this, this. So we go back to the gate, and he says, oh, good news. We don't have to deplane. They'll count the bags while we're still sitting on the plane. Like, wow, what an innovation. You can right. count while we're sitting here. Mm-hmm. They count the bags. Then we go back out again to the tarmac. And as we're going out, <clears throat> the pilot says, good news. We got, we got, a, we got an accurate bag count. And like 10 seconds later, he goes, oh, we've timed out. We got to go back to the gate. What? (laughs) (laughs) Because I guess flight crews can only be on for so long. But you know, he had to have been looking at his his timer on his watch, like down to three minutes, two minutes, one minute. We've timed out. We go back to the gate again. And this time he says, now the flight has been canceled. And people are starting to lose it at this point. And he comes out, I'm really sorry. No, you're not. You know, people are yelling. at. <laughs> and so I wasn't yelling. I kind of no. felt bad for the guy. But I could also empathize with my fellow passengers who were feeling irritated. We've been on this plane forever. And so we get off the plane. And now starts the next phase mm-hmm. where we get in line for customer service. So there's this long snaking line of all of us. There's nobody else in this whole wing of Atlanta Airport. And we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And there's three people. Eventually, they, they brought a, f- a fourth on, which mm-hmm. was nice. But it was, at first, it was three people trying to find new flights for I don't know how many people. There were 50 people on the – it was a full flight, 50 people on this little plane. So finally – and I was back in steerage, of course. So finally, it takes me a long time. I get all the way up front. And so I go, okay, uh, I'd like to go back to LaGuardia tomorrow. No, it's sold out. Um, <laughs> what? All right, JFK then. No, sold out. I, wait, wait. Yeah. So like, for all, all flights, all airlines that they had so access have to. So you to stay there forever? Yeah, basically? yeah, forever. Um, Newark, sold out. Okay, Westchester, sold out. I, I am, wait, so, you, I so said, you're, I you're said, orphans. I said, now you, you don't <clears throat> right, have a flight. Right. Philadelphia, sold out. I was like, I'll, I'll get on the Amtrak from Philadelphia, sold out. And <laughs> fortunately, I had a little rapport with a gate agent, mm-hmm. and he saved me. He said, 
What about Allentown, Pennsylvania? Because oh, come on, there's a seat there, and I said, book it, book it right now. <clears throat> I will get myself from Allentown yeah. to WFMU. Yeah. And so, and then came this idea. Well, now you got your flight, which is going to be at some early hour. Now, I, I, where am I sleeping? Well, check your check your text. There's going to be a text from Delta. Te- there's no text. I said, I don't get any text. He says, so now look now. So he, he, I guess, activated something. Mm-hmm. Here's a text. And so it directs me on my smartphone mm-hmm. to t- tap a link to go to a list of hotels and book yourself at a hotel. Fine, I booked at a in hotel. Allentown. It was halfway there, Dave. Mm. I mean, every hotel in Atlanta, <laughs> every o- airport yeah. hotel. I mean, it was over 10 miles away. All the airports near the hotel were all booked. Mm-hmm. So, but then how am I going to get there? Well, tap the link to get a lift. <laughs> and here was the next fun bit. This was now at 11 something at night. I'm like, tr- I'm trying to see straight. You, you, <laughs> I tapped the link for the lift. It's a lift voucher. Mm. It, that was the only option. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to use a lift. Tap. And my, I should show you the screenshot, Dave. The browser goes to a blank screen. Yeah. So tap, you know how, like, maybe the database didn't load it, didn't <coughs> yeah, load yeah, the yeah, records. Things, so, yeah. I, so I reloaded, yeah. blank, blank screen, reload, blank screen. I copied and pasted the URL into a different browser. I thought maybe that's it, mm-hmm. blank screen. The freaking thing was crashing on me. It was dying. How am yeah. I going to get myself to this hotel? Yeah, yeah. And the, only, and, and, and the only way you can do it is through the website, yeah. Right, and so I had to buy myself a lift, which, because thanks to the surge pricing of our wonderful TechBro <laughs> overlords, the 20-minute cab ride costs, what? Over $100. Come on. I'm not kidding. To get to oh, this hotel that was not even in Atlanta. It's it was just, in some other town. It's a good thing it wasn't me, because that's so, when I, I right. go... But see, but, but 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 who do you lose it to? It wasn't the gate agent's fault, and well, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. So I'm I'm at the end of the story basically. And yeah. then this morning I got up early, I flew to Allentown, I got a rental car, and I drove here, and it's been fine, totally fine. And my conclusion, one of my conclusions was, when the system works, it it works, and it's as fine as convenient. We get to use these surveillance devices to click <laughs> links, but when something breaks. There's no, Dave, there's no slack. There's no buffer. There's right. no flexibility in these digital systems. And because we've used digital systems and we've combined it with the over-financialization of every aspect of this economy, everyone trying, every company, every CEO trying to squeeze every last dollar out of their supply chain, there is nothing left over for just human flexibility to say, just get on a different plane. We have one right here. Nothing. It's gonna, you're going to be... Stuck, and I yeah. very, very nearly didn't make it back until tomorrow, which is not the end of the world. I know yeah. these are not life and death All situations. Your listeners might disagree. More no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not a big deal. In fact, you would have been a great guest host, oh. um, but as you've been in the past. But just within the context of technology, and I knew I was going to be speaking with you. I just wanted to serve this story up to you, Dave, because you've been in the guts of these organizations building yeah. these systems. And you've seen how technology and working within the tech industry has changed over 30 years. And it seems to me, I have a little bit of experience, uh, it seems to me that we used to, 20, 30 years ago, we used to think a little more holistically, like, we'll use digital technology for this, but, you know, not for this thing. We're going to have humans do this other part. Tell me, Dave, what you think is going on. You know... My experience mostly, so customer service, when you mentioned the, the phrase customer service, yeah. I, I, that's when I lose it. 
because customer service, this is my, this is one of my obsessions. It, it kind of doesn't exist anymore. Right. And I experienced that mostly from the outside, you know, as a customer. And, and my, you know, advantage, quote, uh, being a techie is, A, I'm not afraid to look stupid. I mean, one, see, one of the problems with a lot of this stuff is most people, It's maybe it's a little better now, maybe maybe not, but, but there's still this image that techies are geniuses, all these systems are built by geniuses. I, I'm having trouble, I'm an idiot. I don't know how this stuff works. Right, if the, if the browser dinosaur. page goes blank, the user thinks, what, I must have tapped the wrong button. Uh, well, I must have just, done something. just I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. People are afraid to ask right. questions. And, and one advantage quote that I have is, is I'm, not, I'm not going for that. Like, right. I, you know, I build these things. <laughs> build My the friends systems. build these things. Yeah. I don't want to hear about it. This system's a piece of crap. Right. I know that this system is a piece of crap. That's right. And I'm not afraid. They're not going to say, oh, you're a jerk who doesn't understand technology because I do understand technology. Yes. I may be a jerk, but I do understand technology. Um, so, so that's one thing. You know, that's one, you know, sort of advantage I have is, is that I'm not, you know, sort of intimidated. I don't automatically think, well, I'm stupid. I don't know how this stuff works. But, you know, basically one problem with with these systems now cu customer service it sounds like like a very narrow focus but i i think it's really important because customer service really is representative of a lot of how technology works right this is this is something this is the the um the interface for most people a every day i'm having a problem with this with this product i i'm having i have a question about my bank account this is the stuff that you need to do every single day right and and so that's the stuff that's important and it's kind of the the, the public face of technology of, right you know 80 percent whatever and um and it it it, do, it just gets worse and worse it right. doesn't it doesn't work and so uh, to, let me be more specific one of the one of the biggest problems and you this is something that you touched on you know just in passing is Systems, the, the way I, you know, my, my long, extremely painful experience dealing with customer service and, you know, phone bots and, and, and so on, is that they are built to handle like 80% of the questions that you have. So, so I, I, I actually have felt that I'm like I'm stupid sometimes. In this case, you go to a phone tree and it says, you know, press one if you have a question. Let's say it's a bank. Press number. Press one if you want to know your balance. Press two if you want to transfer money. Whatever. So and 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 none of the options are what I want. Like almost every time. And my favorite and, is when the phone phone tree often they don't even say press one. They just say in this in this fake. I can't stand the fake chirpy cheerful voice. <laughs> hey. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you're looking for? I don't, and, I don't, and, I don't and, really like that. I no, don't I like, can't I don't stand like, it. I don't like it's talking like, to the okay, phone. Okay, bot, the thing that I don't like is that your system is a piece of crap. Yeah. I didn't get that. Did you mind telling me that again? <laughs> and so what I do is I, I just I, I lay on the zero. Yeah, yeah, And I go yeah, zero, yeah, zero, yeah. zero, 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 zero. A hundred times, And yeah. then there's a pause. I don't think I got that. But if you keep doing zeros, eventually they give you somebody. Yeah. Well, yes, although although I, they're starting to wise up, and I have seen that's that's of course what I've always done is you hit the zero a hundred times, and it says, okay, this guy is is on that's the right. brink. We, we got to <laughs> hook him exactly up. Exactly right. But now they're actually a lot of them are not doing that anymore, and they'll disconnect you, or they'll or they'll just say like, I'm sorry, 
try again. And and I have a short. I'm not the most yeah. patient person yeah. in the world, and these things make me nuts. But but to back to what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so they they handle the vast majority yeah. of cases, and that's fine. Yeah. You press right. one, and you get your balance. Right. Beautiful. Thank you. Now the reason that. And again, I was saying, I, joking, that I feel I feel kind of stupid sometimes because I can't find the option, and that's and there's a simple reason for that. If I'm calling them, if I'm calling this phone tree, it's because I have some odd problem. <laughs> if I want to know my balance, I'll I go to the website and get my balance. If I'm place. calling, it's because I have some some odd that's right thing, you know. And and, and I've <laughs> I've seen this a hundred times. And I, again, it's not because I always find myself in these crazy situations. It's because these crazy situations are not that unusual. That's right. But they can't. They just can't. You know, twenty years from now, will it be different? Maybe. I doubt it. No. But as of right now, today. Many, many oddball situations are not, there's no phone option for that. That's right. And, and you try this option and that, and you say, okay, option two, that seems like maybe the closest. Right. And then option two, then you go down to the sub-menu, sub-menu, like, oh, nope, sorry, back up. Okay, let's try option number three. And it's really frustrating. Basically, you know, the impression is, look, we can't, you know, we're building this thing to handle most cases, and if and if your problem or your question isn't one of these stock questions, sorry. And it, right. it literally is sorry. So when, when that happens, you just, you know, and again, I mean, I know how this stuff works. So I'm going to say, listen, this is just impossible. The bot cannot, you know, the phone tree cannot right. handle this. I need to speak to a person. You know, my card expired and I did this. I went to this right. bank. You know, it's just some yeah. odd thing. And. Okay, fine, but then you can't get through you to can't a person. Get it, right. So, so having and this you kind of hinted at this before. So having a, a phone tree that handles most cases. Okay, fine. It you can't handle this question I have. Right. Let me speak to somebody. Right. Guess what? You can speak to somebody. Right. Because so what? So what does that mean? So my exactly my sense is that and when I when I was in that long line last night, I called the Delta customer service line, and they said, oh. Thanks. You're in line. The wait the wait time now is 52 minutes. And yeah. of course, everyone on the East Coast was calling Delta, but yeah. it's it felt to me like this is a company and I don't mean to pick only on Delta. I think it's happening across yeah, the certainly. airlines and across other industries as well. These companies are trying to minimize labor costs. And of course, that's this so is Here's yeah. here's what I'm getting. This is my this is one of my major points I wanted to float to you, Dave. The last 30 years, your tenure and almost my tenure in the tech industry has seen an enormous investment on the part of all industries, all businesses, all kinds of organizations, government, nonprofit. Even. Everyone has been making a giant investment in IT, in digital technology, and the reason we put in I don't know if it's trillions of dollars, but untold billions of dollars into digital technology is because it's going to make things more efficient. It's going to make things more productive yeah. for, for the workers, and it's going to make things more convenient for the, for the users, for the yeah. consumers, the travelers. And I as I was standing in that long line last night at 11 p.m. or whatever it was, I w I, what came to mind was an incident... 20 years ago, when I was stuck in Toronto, I was flying Air Canada, and there was a big storm between Toronto and New York City. 
and so they canceled the flight. It didn't take them 10 hours to cancel it. They just said, there's a storm, we can't make it through, we're canceling it, and we're gonna book you right now on a new flight and get you a hotel. And you went up to the desk, and 10 minutes later, I had a new flight for the next day mm -hmm. and a hotel. And not everybody was super happy about it, but you know what, it was efficient, and they we got did, home the next did, day. Did, they did but what they could, yeah. <clears throat> They did what they could, and they did it quickly. And here's the punchline, Dave. Everything happened without a smartphone, without a yeah. single mobile device. 20 years ago, they did it. They used computers in there somewhere, but there were humans. And yeah. there was an economy that had a little more slack in the system. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And there was a little more, to your point, there was a little more uh, sense of customer service being delivered by humans yeah. who could field weird questions there, there and handle these things, things. There are things that are like a lot of what we do every day is, is not digital so to speak it's 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 you know bizarre uh uh you know analog kinds of processes that can't easily be automated so why do we spend 50 trillion dollars making everything digital if because because it's cheap because you said it yourself i mean i mean most of what they most of what they're saying and i don't want to I'm gonna sound like some paranoid <laughs> nut here but i mean the, the number one reason 90 percent reason is it's people are expensive yeah. and the more systems you have to handle this stuff the fewer people you have to pay but, and people then you people get sick and they f take vacation yeah. i mean it's it's plain and simple they they wrap it in all kinds of uh fancy tech talk but that really that's the bottom line and then we end up with this system yeah. where when there's one drop of rain somewhere or one poorly maintained plane i don't know why they didn't have a working weather radar then everything breaks and for for how many people, it just becomes this huge, huge fiasco yeah. that could have been mitigated, not avoided, but mitigated, handled a lot better if they weren't fully invested in digital, if yeah. they had invested still strongly in human beings. I don't know where we go from here, Dave. Let's, let's, let's go five years, in the f 10 years in the future. Everybody's saying AI. AI is this new utopia. AI is going to have chatbots that can field any question. AI is going to automate everything. And I'm, I'm looking at what happened last night. I'm thinking, get me away from that AI yeah. future. Yeah. How is, how, what do you think? Is AI going to usher in this, finally, the utopia of productivity and efficiency that we've been promised for 30 years? Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's complicated. You know, it's not something you can answer in, 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 in 10 words. But, but, you know, the short answer is no, of course not. Um, yeah. Some things will be, some things will work better. Some things, you know, c will this bot be able to uh, diagnose the problem with your car? Yeah, sure, maybe, okay. But, but there's many, many, the, the point I was making before is many, many, th you know, processes, relationships, things that we do every day are, are not easily automatable. That's I mean, there right. are other problems with, with AI. You know, it, it's a, obviously a huge subject, but, but for, to, on, yeah. the, on the... Just on this it, point. Yeah, yeah, continuing on, yeah. on the, the direction we yeah. were going. Um, they're just not easily automatable. Right. And, and the thing is, you know, companies, the companies who are saving billions of dollars by firing everybody and replacing them with the machines will say it's good enough. I mean, this is this is the problem. Right. Um, like this happened with um, with writers. Okay, I'm, I, I, I write. I write. That's one of the things I do. I and should have brought that up. Yes, that's no, fine. You, it's fine. And uh, and um, yes. you know, at a certain point, uh, you know, in the last five ten years. A lot of newspapers started getting rid of all the uh, copy editors because because they're human beings and human beings are expensive, and they just had other people who aren't copy editors just ah uh, you know just edit this thing it's okay so and and that's got you know that's gotten worse and worse and now it's to the point where 
um, they're going to replace the copy editors with machines and eventually replace the writers with machines. And again, this is a v obviously a, a huge subject, but, but relevant to what we're talking about here. It's the way they see it is it's good enough. So, so as soon as they, as soon as they started cutting down, as soon as the paper started cutting down on copy editors, you started seeing lots of typos and really embarrassing errors right. in, in articles that a human being or a professional copy editor would have caught. Uh, someone who's just doing it uh, as a sideline right, because, they're, because the person is, is, is cheaper to pay isn't going to catch it, and certainly a bot isn't going to catch a lot of this stuff. So, But to your point, but, when... But, the, but there's a specific decision yeah. made by the companies yeah. where we're like, you know what? So an editor somewhere is saying, yes, there's going to be X number of errors in the paper, much much more than 10 years ago, and and I'm going to Good accept enough. that. Because, right. right, right. So so that, you know, extend that to, to customer service and everything else. Like the thing, there are a lot of people, things, processes that fall through the cracks, and okay, fine, but look, look at, you know, look at how well our stock's doing or whatever. You know? <laughs> well, I was... Um I was thinking that one one silver lining, one upside of of this situation yesterday, is that by um, by cutting down the the labor costs by removing the humans from the equation who could have mitigated that situation, sure it it it, it ruined the day for the passengers and probably made it very difficult for the mm. gate agents, the pilot, the ground crew, the flight crew, everybody, but. The people at the very, very top of the investor class within Delta, the CEO and other major investors, they, they got an extra few thousand bucks out of well, it. Well, and, and all, yes, and also they're insulated yeah. from it. Uh, they don't see it. One thing, one thing that's really um, you know, terrible, terrible about all this is, is the, the, the kind of human side of it. Like, I think about the term, I mean, I, I'm constantly hitting my, banging my head up against various technical Things, you know, machines that don't work right, and and the the word that comes to mind is Kafkaesque, right? It's Kafkaesque. Yeah. I mean, the situation you had yesterday yeah. was classic. Yeah. But the thing is, when when you're in a Kafkaesque situation with computers like a phone tree, that's right, or, or a website or something, it's it's actually it's actually worse. worse. You're I right. mean, in, in Kafka's day, you know, you had some some clerk. You could, I mean, you could grab him by the collar if, if worse comes to worse. Listen, pal. You, you know, but but now right. there isn't. There's no human being. There's a machine, and this is the thing that makes me. One of the things that makes me crazy is is there's a machine saying sorry, try, choose another option, That's and right. and it's just it's just it's just no way to treat people. Basically, like no one it, it, throughout history. Basically, there may be some weird exceptions of people dealing with rocks or machine. You know, but basically, you always had a person That's who right. you could who you could kind of reason with to say, look. Let me tell you something. Right. You know, my wife's about to have a baby. You know, whatever. Right. But now it's like, you know, press another option. You right. Know, that's an invalid option. And if the and system that, is... How do you treat people that way? If you know? the, and if the system is broken, it's not even that you have a weird request. If the system simply doesn't work, yeah. you, you have no appeal. What are you yeah. going to do? Yeah. Anyway, this... This is good. I wanted to ask you a a following question, maybe a little bit of a deeper question for you, Dave, because here you are. You're a really interesting guy, I think. You <laughs> some, you some you say. know you know volumes, you know libraries of 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 uh, of m memories and information and understanding and connections in music. Okay, that's one of your domains of of expertise. It is, it is, Dave. Okay, Thank you. you, yeah. you 
you're also a performer. We're going to hear some of your music as the outro. Uh-oh. Um, with, <laughs> with, with, uh, with your band, one of your bands, called uh, Time Trout. Um, you are a writer. I've, I apologize. I didn't bring that up before. You, you write these amazing book Thanks reviews and, and other commentaries for, uh, for great publications. Um, it, L.A. Review of Books, I believe. Yeah. Is, is, yeah I've, I've seen a lot of your work there. Mm-hmm. And you are a career programmer. So you're obviously very, very good at, at that line of work as well. So you have a unique combination of perspectives with it, music is, is for sure, but I'm here. Let's pick up that idea of writers you, losing the access to copy editors. I like this as an example mm-hmm. because you're seeing as a writer, you're seeing from both sides what's happening. You're seeing as a writer the decline of human support in in copy editing, mm-hmm. and you know what's coming is that, as you said, eventually they're going to replace the writers themselves yeah. with bots. Mm-hmm. To just spew out some, and, and you know what, the bots will be will be good enough. Good enough, know? exactly, and and enough, no copy editing errors either. Right, you know, and you're also seeing that same problem from the programmer side, because you, as you said, you know how these systems work because you've built these systems over the years, and I wanted to ask you, do you ever have a feeling uh, about your career trajectory where you go? what what have I been involved in? And let me let me share with you that that was my response a few years ago, realizing that the internet was off the rails. Mm-hmm. This 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 um, this platform or environment or landscape that I had, had been a part of since its since uh, almost since its inception. And when I saw it going off the rails, I thought, this is terrible. And here, this is my landscape, and it's going off. So do you have that, when you see this happening as a writer, does the programmer side of your brain, uh, you know, feel horrified of what's happening to your industry? I guess, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's complicated. Um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, plugs, I, I, see, <laughs> I see a lot of problems with technology. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. Um, I do think this is kind of a, approaching what you yeah, just said from yeah. a, from a weird angle. Um, I I mean, computer you know programming is is one thing I do, and I'm whatever. I'm not I'm not bragging, but I mean I have I have other interests, and and the thing is that uh, a lot of a lot of techies uh, don't d- don't they're they're just immersed in that stuff twenty four seven, and and I just happen to have other interests, whatever, but. But I think it's kind of a problem um, that a lot of tech people aren't exposed to other things or don't have don't have other interests. Um, so for okay, here here's again I'm gonna I'm gonna take a sure. make a, a weird turn here. I I have I think that uh, one of the things I do is is ed- I'm a, I'm an editor. It's, it's one of the, one of the things I do, and I've said to people that I work with um, that I think that helps me that that helps me a lot as a as a programmer as a techie there's there's oh. a way of thinking as an editor the way you sort of shape things you take a, a mess and clean it up you know you you, you kind of take some, take a, an argument that's 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 a little all over the place and you kind of streamline it and, and stuff and i think that is a really valuable 
skill to have as a as a techie. And I've mentioned I've mentioned to peop, some people that I work with a few that you know I think that being an editor really helps you a lot if you if you happen to be an editor if you happen to have that skill it helps you a lot as a techie. And some of them have given me a blank look like right. what the right. what the heck are you talking right. about? And others have said, yeah, I, right. I get it. But but my point is that that having these kind of other perspectives or just being able to think of other things than you know bits and bytes can help and 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 being a writer for example can 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 really help you as a programmer being an editor is unbelievably helpful like just the way that you think as an editor right uh is is so similar to the way you think as a programmer now now i mean i've been doing this long enough that here's something i i I always say when I when I first started out many years ago most of the people like I think about my first job I worked with some really 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 smart people I was very lucky my first job it, it you know it was a great start for me in that yeah. world but almost no one that I worked with had a degree I had a degree I have a degree in computer science it just so happens I got it ages ago we used to program on uh, rocks and pieces you know pieces yeah. of stone but 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 it was kind of rare, and, and almost no one I worked with had a degree in computer science. There was an English major, there were, there were a couple of theater majors, there was a linguistics major, uh, honestly, honestly. Right. And I can't, and they were, it was just were brilliant people. Yeah. And it's hard to imagine now, yeah. like virtually everyone I work with, ha everyone that I see, you know, resumes I see yeah. coming in, they're all, they're all computer science majors. Programming, programming, you know? programming. And yeah, of course you have to have studied this and that. You, know, have, to, you yeah. have to know what you're doing. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not clear to me. There's, and again, there are certain like very arcane kinds of jobs where you really, really, really sure. have to know. But general, Generally, you know, general yeah. sort of programming, yeah. building applications as we call them, I don't know. You know, yes, you you certainly you want to you need to have taken certain kinds of classes and know something, but if you studied writing or editing or music or something, it can be a great help and it can give you, you know, like and really yet, valuable perspectives. And yet we hear from universities that humanities uh, is has declining enrollment. Um, universities are investing less in their humanities yeah. departments. And they're putting it more in the STEM departments, especially computer science, yeah. which I think was the number one fastest growing major, or maybe the most, is the number one something, most popular or fastest growing in recent years. And to your point, this is a real change from when you started out, Dave. Yeah. Because it used to be you've got computers that you can learn, but you should also learn some music, some writing, maybe you should read a book once in a while, learn yeah. how to edit, and it all fits together. And now we have this tunnel vision of become a programmer, learn the languages, learn the frameworks, um, get on GitHub or whatever it is. And, and it, it shows in our systems. And I would argue, and we've talked about this, it also shows in the general culture of the tech industry yeah. that's also changing. You and I really both enjoyed a book that I featured on the show a while ago called Work, Pray, Code yeah. by Carolyn Chen. Uh, any listeners who have not heard Fantastic that interview, book. yeah, go back and listen to the interview, get the book, um, and read the book. And it's about, you and I have commiserated over this, it, it's, it's a great description of the current state of the tech industry, which resembles nothing so much as a cult, Yeah, which is 
it's fertile ground among these techies, these newly minted techies that, that haven't learned anything else mm -hmm. and aren't into anything else. Yeah. Um, is that what you're seeing also with you within the tech industry? Are you tell me what changes? Yeah, I, you're seeing I don't. In the you know, I don't want to over. I don't want to overstate the case. I, I work with some really smart people. I work with you know. I work with a lot of people who have who have other interests. But a lot of people that I see working in this world don't you know aren't aren't well rounded. You know, don't don't have a lot of experience. They eat and sleep and breathe tech. Now, you know, it's. To be people who are, who are good techies, it's something about like how your brain works. I mean, the way I became, the way I got into it was I took a, a computer class just randomly when I was a teenager, and I thought like, wow, this is, this just clicks. This is the way my, and it's fine. But um, but you need to have you need to have other interests, and and it's you know it it shapes in some ways that are kind of clear like the editor thing I think is a really good example I th it, to me it's very very clear how that having those skills or not having those skills really affect the way that you uh, build software or design software and uh, or describe software I mean I've, I've worked with people who are you know really good programmers by this usual kinds of measure but can't describe this is this is right. a, a mild obsession of mine but can't describe things like they can't describe a process okay how does this thing work how is the system going to work clear communication and, and, they, yeah. and they and they can't give you a coherent and to me that's like that's a red light flashing right. like you're this this person if this person is left to build a computer system it's going to it's going to mirror the way he's thinking and talking which is like blah, 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 that's you right know? that's right so 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 you know being able to think in uh, these other kinds of ways really really helps there there's a i saw a joke you may have seen this someone uh, maybe this was on twitter or something a while back um, this guy said he thinks there should be only one, you know, th th we may have time or may or may not have time to talk about this, but the interview process, the tech, the interview was, process well, for tech jobs. That was my is, next, Yeah, yes. that's, that's from Well, let's, let's talk but, about it. Well, yeah, let, okay, let me just yeah, give you this. Finish, let me finish, finish that thought. Yeah. So, so this guy said, uh, so we're going to come th th through this yeah. backwards. Yeah. This guy said, I think there should be one tech test for programmers. There should be one question. And that question is, name a poem you've read. <laughs> And like and like ninety percent of the people are gonna are gonna fail yeah, this test, right. you know. That's right. Um, but it's kind of true. Yeah. You know. So and if you haven't read, I mean, I'm not a big poetry guy, I'll admit, but but I mean, there are people who have never read a poem or never been, you know, never seen a film that wasn't Star Wars or whatever, you know. And that's like right. that's kind of a problem. It could you know? be poetry, could be film, music. Have they have they listened to Time Trout? Have they not listened to Time Trout? <laughs> Actually, Evan Funk Davies is back uh, he, on the comment board saying Dave Mandel also takes beautiful photographs of Brooklyn. So you're a talented photographer as well, but you're showing you're showing you're you're showing a different mindset, Dave, um, from what is more typical and what is more typically hired for in today's world. I, you have more experience than I do recently in, in the interviews and the job market, but I'm guessing that Lucky it's a lot you. of <laughs> what are the languages, the frameworks, the projects show, you know, and then the interview comes and, it's, and they say, um, quickly sketch out code that'll do this, yeah. this task or that'll solve this problem. What, 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 would you, what is the problem or what are what are the pros and cons? I guess of I don't want to overstate it of of job interviews today in the tech industry. 
<clears throat> well, that's a big question. Um, this really is a major, major, major obsession of mine. Um, I, I don't know where to start. The, the, the process, the tech interview process, is really, really, really problematic. I, I have... I have done really badly. I've, you know, a lot of people have. I've, I have bombed on quite a few interviews because my brain doesn't work the way these people, these people <laughs> expect it to work. And, right. and I can say that without being too embarrassed because, you know, I've, I've been doing this for years. I have a job. I'm fine. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. But, but I have just blown many interviews because this really is a big subject. But, okay, just to take one path is um it's kind of like it, it's kind of like an inquisition you know there's this there's this there's this feeling where like we're like oh let's see how tough this guy really is right. you know and they give him they give you the most arcane ridiculous questions or they ask you to solve problems that you're never actually going to have to solve or they get oh do you know there's you know some sorting algorithm some obscure sorting algorithm or something that it, that they actually are never going to use you know and it's 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 just this weird kind of macho thing going on and um, it's it's really hellish. I mean, I know a lot of people who are really really good techies and and have hesitated to, you know, and weren't happy in their job and have hesitated to look for new jobs because, oh my God, no way. I'm just not, I just can't do that right now. The The process of the tech interview process just the interview itself. Is, is just from hell, you wow. know? And and they don't, uh, again, I'm, I'm just trying to give you the shorthand version here. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, you know, it's it's a skill that most people don't have most people aren't good most people who are interviewing techies should not be interviewing techies right. they're just not good at <laughs> right. it right and i mean i've seen i've seen you know i i had um i interviewed this was many years ago i interviewed at, at a, a bank a financial job and i was speaking to the like the person the intake person whatever yeah. at the company um and she was setting up the interview okay you're going to speak to these five people you know and she said to me like Nobody gets past my boys, you know, oh, <laughs> and, and this was, I mean, I swear those, that's an exact quote. Oh. And it's like, what, well, like, right. what are you trying to do? Right. Like, what is this all about? Right. You know, and, and, you know, As I've seen, you're... I've seen guys, I've seen guys like, like high five each other because they, because they, they nailed this guy who yeah. thought he was, you know, thought he was a, a fancy techie and he, ha, I uh, got him. I got him on that question. Him. He didn't yeah. know some arcane question about right. memory or whatever it is. And like, wh wh like, what are you doing here? What's right. this all about? You know? Right. And, um, given that the tech interview is so problematic, as you say, these days, and they're filtering for the wrong people, well, you have the wrong people conducting the interview, and then possibly the wrong types of people making it through this, this very distorted yeah. process. Maybe some of the good ones make it through, but as you say, there's a lot of very good, very talented people who are turned off by the mm. process and don't even enter uh, the, the interview um, game. And yeah. so that's that's a real impoverishment for the tech industry overall. Let's, let's take it to the highest level here. You're starting out your career right now. Let's say you're younger than you are today. Okay. <laughs> Just a tad. Me too. Um, would you, in today's landscape, knowing everything you know, Let's pretend that you know everything you know, but you're just starting out in your career. Would you choose 
technology? Would you choose to become a programmer or would you do something else? I think this is important. Yeah. Think about it, Dave, because there are listeners out here right now who, who may be wondering this about their next career step. Is it worth it? And, and your opinion is Yeah, it's, it's hard to informed. say. Now, now I'm not going to say no because, well, for a couple of reasons. One, I like I like programming. I mean, it's I, I the, the way my brain works. Whatever it is, I enjoy doing that. And uh, on the other side, if I want to be a, you know a goody goody about it, I can say, you know, I think that I can I can do good work and I can do you know good design and so on and so on. Um, you know, maybe clean up some messes that are you know. But at the same time, it's difficult. Um, and you know, again. The, the culture is can be can be really brutal and and we're talking about I mean the the, the stories that women have told about this that's a whole other thing oh, we, gosh, we won't yes. even, we won't even get into that even yeah. even for guys who don't have this kind of the, uh, the macho uh, gender you know the misogyny or whatever yeah, yeah. still it's 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 just generally tough right and um, and you know now there are other things like um, cultural fit. Uh, this this ties in a lot with with the, with the, um, Carolyn Chen's book. Well, yeah, with Carolyn Chen's book, where where it's a big part of a lot of tech interviews now. Is they're not just uh, checking on your tech skills, but they're just kind of getting a feel for for like, are you a good cultural fit Me, for the uh, company? And what the what the heck does that I mean? That's the most terrifying thing, and it's it's. Well, you know, you where do just, I start? It's it's intrusive, you know. Are you a good cultural fit? Just remove the letters U R A L. Are you a good cult fit? <laughs> <laughs> are they going to be a good cult member? That I'm only be, half joking. Well, yeah. When you read that book, so you're you're saying you enjoy it. You believe in your abilities to to do good work and and um, and clean up messes and, and so mm-hmm. on. Um, What's the what's the flip side of this? Does part of you think I would I would uh, I would strike out and become a full time musician or editor or writer or something else? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know I would like to do have more time. You know, I I, I fit those things in where I can. I'd like to yeah. do more of them. Yeah. But do you think that in this landscape, you know, we're seeing AI just infiltrate every possible nook and cranny as these companies are trying to automate everything is there even do you think you would consider becoming a writer if you're just starting out knowing how ai is is on the march yeah um uh, yeah it's tough i mean i mean you know being being making a living as a writer 10 years ago was no picnic now i just can't even imagine uh, I mean, it's, it's just not possible. You Do know? you think that ChatGPT is going to start writing code? I mean, it, obviously it writes snippets now, but some yeah. people are saying that ChatGPT, um, acting at least as a, co- a so-called co-pilot, mm-hmm. amplifying the programming of a human program it may be replacing, is going to put further pressure on labor within programmers. Yeah, are you worried about that? I well, well, I'm not because I'm old enough that it's gonna, you know, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be out of there, you know, from a purely selfish point of view. If yeah. you're asking me if I'm worried, but I, I don't know. That's that's trickier because, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm less worried about it taking programming jobs than writing. And I mean, I think that Chat GPT is you know, reasonably well-suited to that kind of thing. I mean, I have, if someone says, which I see all the time, oh, I just, I just built this, this huge system using, it generated all this code, ChatGPT did, that would have taken, you know, a month to write. 
I, I believe that. I mean, ChatGPT is is going to be good at that, of course. Now, is that good for, you know, programmers? I mean, I don't know. I mean, there will be, I think there will always be jobs for techies. I, 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 haven't, I haven't thought about it that much, to be honest. I'm, I'm thinking sort of on my feet here. Sure. There, there will always be jobs for techies. And, and as uh, in a bigger kind of social sense, I'm less worried about ChatGPT generating code that some person was writing. I'm more, I'm more worried about it uh, write, you know, doing writing and customer service and that kind of thing because those, those things, they need humans to do them. And when you take humans away, you are hurting people, basically. Right. Um, and you know, you're, it's, you're, you're building more of this impenetrable wall that speaks you know, 80% of the language, uh, you know, under, understands yeah. 80% of your needs, let's yeah. say, and, 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 that's, and, and, there, and there are no human beings. I mean, there used to be, again, if you press, you press zero 15 times, you'd get through to a person, okay, listen, let me tell you what my problem right. is. And you'd get a person and, and, and they'd help you. But that, it's getting more and more to the point where you can't press zero, hundred. That's right. There, there will actually be no person there. This, and that's what's really scary. Yeah, that's the problem is that these companies have, have taken this idea of efficiency and so-called productivity to the nth degree to the point where they're removing all the humans. It's not just using some digital tools to amplify or help or assist. They're just replacing humans altogether. And this fully automated future, as you said, it hurts people. It hurts yeah. <laughs> the people who lost their jobs, but it also hurts the consumers or travelers or patients or whoever who are not just, being well served. Just, just, just what happens to quality of life? That's right. I mean, I mean when you have... You know, this gets back to like, have you ever read a poem? I mean, you have right. the ch Chat GPT advocates saying like, "Oh, look, it wrote a poem. It's a perfectly good poem." You know, <laughs> what's wrong with this poem? You know, and, and as a music geek, you know, I, they might say something like, well, "This is a perfectly good piece of music. Look, right. it's great. It's a you right. know, there's, there's five yeah. instruments. It's yeah. you know, but like, it's not a perfectly good piece of music. Don't yeah. give me that. You know, <laughs> well. so 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 it decree. You know, so the quality of the of goods that are produced in addition to everything else, jobs and everything else, gets, gets worse and worse. Well, on that note, uh, speaking of good, excellent music that <laughs> was handpicked by an expert who wants to, to uh, provide something beautiful and insightful, I want everyone to stay tuned so you can keep listening to the great Dave Mandel <laughs> on your program, Dave, called It's Complicated. It's a prog rock show, and it starts in two minutes. Oh, boy. Dave, thank you so much for coming on to Tectonic you, this Mark. evening. This was, was a great conversation. Yeah, Can thanks. we do this again sometime? Sure. I feel like we're just getting warmed up. Sure. Um, friends, I hope you had a good time. Thanks for all the comments on the chat board. You're listening to the greatest radio station in the world, WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in New York City and Rockland County at 91.9 FM and online at WFMU.org. Until next time, friends, you know exactly what to do. Avoid Amazon and Apple. Forget Facebook. And whatever you do, get off Google. Let's go out to a track called Smart City by a band called Time Trout that features my guest this evening, the great Dave Mandel. Have a great time, everybody. See you next time. We work, we live in more welcoming, shapeless, respite, surveillance, with surveillance. 
other thing. The other thing I was thinking about something else. They were telling me, they were telling me about these places where the lights go on, wherever there are people, where the lights Oh boy, here we are. Welcome everybody to another exciting episode of It's Complicated. I'm here every Monday, me being Dave Mandel, hosting this program. 60 minutes of Prague and Prague adjacent music. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to start tonight's show with a Dutch group. This is a group called Kayak. And we're going to hear a track from a self-titled LP released in 1974. I'm going to catch my breath and be back in a few minutes. Hey, wait a minute.
Oh, so many Mellotrons. Music there from Kayak, again, a Dutch group, early mid-70s. That was a track called Trust in the Machine from a self-titled LP. Not used to talking so much. Bear with me. So I'm going to play a couple of uh, Cream-related pieces now. Now, Cream was, you know, people talk about uh, the roots of prog rock. Where did it all start? Does it matter? Maybe, maybe it does, maybe 